is yours, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. For those of you who may not have grown up your entire life in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, you may not be fully aware of how we as a Synod are set up. So I'll just take a little time today to clarify that. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, LCMS for short, is made up of congregations, schools, colleges, two seminaries, and other institutions that cover areas like foreign missions, social services, and the like. But what's unique about our synod is that we are not a top-down organization. In fact, we are bottom-up. So it actually starts with all of you, the individual members of the congregations, because the people are the church. And as the people gather together, you make up a congregation, like this one here at Peace in Christ. And then local congregations work together to make up a circuit. So you'll see there, number eight, Lake Superior. That is our circuit. It includes Cloquet, Esco, Duluth, Superior, Two Harbors, Silver Bay, all the way up to Grand Marais. The circuits then combine into a district, and all the districts work together to make up the Synod. The LCMS has 35 districts. And every district has its own headquarters and president. So ours is Minnesota North District. That's what that whole map is there, like two-thirds north of the state. And our headquarters is in Baxter. Our president is President Fondo, who's an absolutely amazing man. The reason I want to walk through all of this is because lately we've been talking a lot about what our district, Minnesota North, is doing and has been working on. So last year we started with the Bring It Home, and now this year we're doing part two, Bring It Home and Highlight It. That's a program that our district, Minnesota North, designed, created, and funded in part to be a resource for those congregations. And this is just one of the many, many wonderful things, one of the many resources and opportunities that our district provides us. They just put out another one, and that's what we're going to focus on today. But before we dive into that, I wanted to take time and give our district credit. Because unfortunately, out of those 35 districts, some do not use their time and money and staff to be creative and try new things. But our district, on the other hand, they work very hard to make sure the congregations, and more importantly, you, the people, are in God's word, you have the resources and encouragement you need to share the gospel of Jesus with others, and that we are all united in our efforts as a district. So when we talk about the whole district is doing bring it home and highlight it, everybody in the whole two-thirds north of the state, that Minnesota North District, is all doing that together because our district has made that a priority. Well, the new one they came up with was they wanted you to intentionally pray for people you already have a relationship with. So this series is called Someone You Know. And each month they'll put out a video and a bulletin insert for this series. And again, the whole district is unified as we work on this together to bring Jesus and God's word and your prayers to someone you already know. So this first month we start with Someone You Know who doesn't know Jesus as Savior, or who has drifted away from church. I know every single person in here knows someone that this is true, right? 
whether it's your best friend that you talk to every day or the person who cut your hair last month and you haven't seen them since then, you know they don't know Jesus as Savior or they mention in passing that they haven't been to church in a really long time. Really, if I asked you, you could probably come up with 10 or 15 people, but you know one person, someone who doesn't know Jesus or who has been away from the church. Well, today is all about that one person or those people in your life. How do we pray for them? How do we reach out to them? How do we help that person learn Jesus as Savior? How do we help them come back to church? We're going to start by watching the video that Monty Meyer, the parish life facilitator for our district, has put together for this opportunity. Check it out. Hi, my name is Monty Meyer, and I'm the Parish Life Facilitator for the Minnesota North District. And you're watching this video because you know someone who needs Jesus as their Savior. Maybe you want to invite someone to church. So how do you go about doing that? Well, first we remember these words. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So we've prayed for this opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. And God will give it to us. That's a guarantee. That's his promise. So how do you actually go about doing that? Well, I think you need to practice a little bit. How do I practice telling others about Jesus or sharing my faith with them? I do it by practicing in the car alone. That's what I do it. When no one else is around and I'm driving somewhere, I just go through and verbally what Jesus means to me, what the forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life means to me, how God has helped me through times of trial and, and, and kept me focused on his love and his care. Just practice it out loud. That's kind of like how we did it in confirmation class. We just rehearsed it out loud. It always went much better. The same way with sharing your faith. The other thing I would tell you is don't worry about results. You see, the Holy Spirit promises to work through the gospel. He works through the word and sacrament. So all we're doing really is bringing the gospel to a larger audience. This person who either doesn't know him as Savior or who has um, maybe fell away from the church, this is giving them another opportunity to hear the great words of forgiveness. So don't worry about the results. The worst that they can say to you is no. And don't even worry about that. God is still working in their hearts, and we don't know how that's going to turn out. Simply be bold and courageous and look for those opportunities that God will give you. Man, this is a great time of the year for us in the church that we're all praying together to reach out to someone we know. Be bold and courageous, and thanks for listening. So someone you know. In this video, Monty brought up three key things we can do. That's what we're going to focus on today, but a little side story first. Ironically, it just happened to work out. See, this video is supposed to be used the first Sunday of the month. So the rest of the district all did on the first Sunday like they're supposed to. We at Peace in Christ, we have a few things going on around here. So we decided to wait till today to use it as our service and kick off the series. Going forward from here, we'll just show you the video, give you the bulletin insert every first Sunday of the month. But because it's a new series, we wanted to take the time to explain it and fully walk through it. 
So today's readings were not tied to this video in any way, shape, or form, and yet God is so good, they just happen to plug in perfectly and go exactly along with what Monty is saying. So let's look at these three things. Step one, Monty said, pray about it. Pray for God to give you the opportunity to talk to that person who you have in mind. He quotes Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, which is an extremely fitting passage of Scripture for prayer. But so is our gospel lesson for today. As we go to Luke 18, verse 1, it starts by saying, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So maybe this person you have in mind, who you know they don't know Jesus, maybe you've prayed for them before. Maybe you've even tried to talk to them about Jesus before and that conversation didn't go very well. Or maybe you've never prayed for them, but just knowing who that person is, you're not sure it would do a lot of good. Jesus reminds us to just keep praying and don't lose heart. See, you're not a widow seeking earthly justice from an unfair earthly judge. You are a baptized redeem beloved child of God the heavenly father who's in control of all things and loves you and you get to pray to him anytime about anything so even if it's the hundredth time you've prayed asking for this opportunity or even if it's the 15th time you're going to try to talk to that person about Jesus or even if this particular person happens to be the most stubborn person alive keep praying to your heavenly father keep trusting he has control to open that door for you to try again or if it's your very first time he will give you that opportunity trust that the god who created all of heaven and earth has the power to change any heart no matter how stubborn that person might be do not quit trying do not lose heart keep praying Keep asking God to grant you that opportunity. Keep seeking God's plan for you to be able to speak the words of Christ to someone you know. Second, Monty said, to practice. When God gives you that opportunity to speak to that person about Jesus, will you be ready and be able to say exactly what you want to say? Or will you be caught off guard and stumble through random thoughts that don't connect together and don't click with that person. Let's go back and say it is that person cutting your hair. Someone like that that you don't really have a deep relationship with. Practice using church as a transition in the conversation. When they ask what you like to do for fun or what's new with you, use that opportunity to talk about what you've been doing in church recently or what your favorite part of being part of this congregation is. I was just talking to a church member the other day about this whether our church membership is part of our identity. And what I mean by that is when you meet someone new and you introduce yourself, you say your name, maybe you throw in your job or career, if you're married, how many kids you have, but do you automatically include where you belong to church? If you don't, why not? Why isn't our faith home automatically included in every introduction? Hi, nice to meet you. I'm John Doe. I work at so-and-so. I'm married with three kids, and I'm a member of Peace in Christ Lutheran Church. See, just that little thing could open the door for them to ask, oh, where is that church? What kind of church is it? Why do you belong there? 
the more we practice key little things like that, the more God is able to give us those opportunities we're seeking. Now, if this is your best friend who's known your whole life and they know exactly where you go to church, now you have to practice a different kind of talk. So did you notice the questions Monty offered? What does Jesus mean to you? What does the forgiveness of sins mean to you? What does the promise of eternal life mean to you? Let's say you're talking to your friend and they say, I'm sorry for just something little. There's your door. You can say, I forgive you. And then that whole 30-second speech that you've rehearsed and practiced about what forgiveness means to you, you get to share with them. And just like that, what you practice comes into play. Or here's another idea. Bring up something you heard or learned in Bible study with them. On Sunday night, our group has been studying the power of Jesus' names. And so one of the names that we've been looking at for Jesus was priest. Ask your friend, what do you think the difference is between a good priest and a bad priest? Even if they don't believe in Jesus or they haven't been in church in a long, long time, I'm willing to bet they have an opinion on priests. And even if they just make some smart aleck joke about it, that still opens the door for you to say, well, I learned Jesus is my priest because... And that matters because. And see what you did? You got to share what you learned. In our epistle reading for today, St. Paul is writing to Timothy, a young pastor. And he reminds him in chapter 4, verse 5, to do the work of an evangelist. Well, an evangelist is simply someone who announces, who proclaims the gospel. Someone who shares the good news of Jesus. So yes, that is the job of a pastor, but really, every Christian should be able to share the good news of what Jesus has done for them. And it really shouldn't be that difficult. We love to share good news. If you won the lottery, and you're getting your hair cut, and they ask what's new with you, are you not going to instantly tell them the exciting news that you won the lottery? Well, isn't eternal life and salvation far better than winning the lottery or for I know for me personally this last year I loved when people ask what's new with me because I got to say I got engaged oh I got married and those two things seem to make their way into every conversation in fact you guys are probably sick of hearing about it by now why because we love to share good news so why not share the good news that because Christ died for you you are forgiven why not share the good news that because Christ lives you know you have eternal life. Be an evangelist. Share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ by practicing what you want to say, and then when God gives you that opportunity, say it. Lastly, Monty reminds us not to worry about results. It's not our job to make someone a believer. You and I will never convince anyone of the gospel, no matter how long we talk about it. We cannot create faith. God is the only one who can do that. The Holy Spirit has the power to create faith. He has the power to soften a stubborn heart. All we get to do is tell what we know to be true about Jesus. We just speak the words of life. Speak the words of the gospel and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Lately I've been listening to a song that really hits home with all this. You'll get the opportunity to listen to it during the offering. Most likely you've heard it before. It's by Casting Crowns and called Nobody. The main chorus goes like this. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. 
all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. See, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about how he rescued us from sin, death, and the power of the devil through his death and resurrection. It's about how he freely gives us his gifts and his promises through faith alone. Not because we deserve it, but because he loves us. It's all about him and what he has done for us. And so we should live in a way that the world doesn't see and hear us, but instead sees and hears him. We just get to tell everybody all about him and what he's done and let the Holy Spirit do his work. Because see, even if you start that conversation about Bible study with your friend and they say, dude, you know I really don't like to talk about those kind of things, doesn't mean that wasn't just the conversation that the Holy Spirit slipped in and began to do his work. Or that even if that haircutter says, no thank you, when you invite them to come check out Peace in Christ sometime, doesn't mean they won't randomly show up six months from now. It's not about results. It's about using the opportunities God gives us to share the good news of Jesus with that person. You know someone who doesn't know Jesus as Savior or who has drifted away from church. Be bold and courageous. Be bold and courageous as you keep praying without losing heart to your Heavenly Father that He would give you the opportunity to talk to that person about Jesus. Be bold and courageous as you do the work of an evangelist, as you practice speaking the good news of Jesus Christ and His gifts and His promises and His love. Be bold and courageous as you forget about the results and instead just tell everybody all about Jesus who rescued you and gave your heart a song to sing. Be courageous to tell someone you know about the Jesus you know. Amen. Now this, the peace of God which surpasses human understanding, keep and guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.